Hello there. Happy 4th of July to all of my American listeners. Um, thank you all so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We have some more updates on Evgeny Malkin and Crystal Tang. I feel like I've been saying this for um, the last week or so. Now, this comes courtesy of Pierre Lebrun and his Rumblings blog. And we're also going to get into some more draft stuff today. My buddy Jason and I, we have finally finished our big board. Well, he kind of he he kind of did a lot of the work because he's definitely more into the prospects than I am, but I still was able to pitch along um, whatever help he needed. And um, we, we, we have the big board all ready to go. I'm going to debut the full thing um, later this week before the first round of the NHL draft. We're going to go over some more players today who definitely could be on the radar for the Penguins when they do make their first round pick. So that's basically, you know, the gist of what today's show is going to be about. So without further ado, um, let's get right into it. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. So let's get right into it. So Pierre LeBron had his big rumblings blog today. And a little further down, he did get into the Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang contracts. And he said, still from note to my knowledge, there's been no breakthrough on the contract fronts. But although my sense is that there has been some movement from all sides, that is very good news. You know, there's, you know, it's been reported by multiple outlets that the Penguins and Evgeny Malkin have really not been close on a contract extension. But the fact that LeBron is now saying that there's been movement on both sides when it comes to that one. That's good news as free agency is now only nine days away. We've all known that, you know, a Latang extension is, I wouldn't say it's imminent, but, you know, there's momentum building that it's going to happen. So I'm not really surprised that, you know, there's movement on those two sides. But, you know, I'm glad that, you know, it looks like Evgeny Malkin and the Penguins are, you know, they're, they're hopefully slowly starting to move towards getting a deal done. He says, I've been told that the Penguins' original position was a two-year extension for each player, and they both balked at that. And my thoughts on that, I mean, no wonder they're going to balk at that. In my opinion, I think that's a low-ball offer. You know, these two players have been in your organization for 16 years. They don't deserve to have two-year offers, you know. And if they were to take them, I'd kind of feel bad because, you know, I think they deserve a little more flexibility than that. I get where Hextall is coming from in that regard because he doesn't want to commit a lot of term to players 35 and older. That's the only part I get. But, you know, the fact that, you know, that's your first offer being made to franchise legends, I mean, of course they're going to balk at that if that report is true. You know, they're not going to accept two-year terms. Malkin, he, he wants to go out with, say, Latang. He wants to play potentially even longer than that. I am not surprised in the slightest that, you know, they, they, they decided to not take that. Um, he says – he does say, I believe the club has moved on uh, with term to three years for each, but the AAV also matters, and I don't have a good read on where that is in each case. 
Um, you know, it, it, I'm good. You know, we, we've all known that Evgeny Malkin and the Penguins, they, they agreed on the term for three years. I think Joey reported that on The Athletic. I think Friedman reported that on 32 Thoughts. It's just that the money has really not been there for Latang. Um, yeah, I'm glad that they're at least willing to go three, but I think he's you're going to have to probably push it to four or five. And remember what Elliot Friedman said on the 32 Thoughts podcast and the blog, um, you know, over the weekend. You know, he said, I know he talked to an executive and he said the Penguins are willing to go into what they consider very uncomfortable territory to keep Latang. I would have to think that involves a four or five year term. And if they can just come together on the money, the AAV, whether it's, you know, 7.8 to 8 million or a little over 8 million or something like that, you know, they'll have a deal done um, sooner rather than later. He says, Pierre, Pierre LeBron also says the two players are represented by different agents. So it's not like they're in lockstep on what they ultimately want, but I'm guessing both would prefer a four-year extension, at least if the AAV is going to be club friendly. Um, he says, I think in the end, Latang does get done. He will stay in Pittsburgh. That said, I don't have as good of a read on the Malkin path right now. So he is in line, I think, with what a lot of other people around the team or nationally are saying. Joshua, Elliot Freeman, a couple others, they think that Latang is going to get done in the next nine days. It's just the big one is, you know, what's going to happen with Evgeny Malkin. You know, I, I think I had a couple people talk to me or just ask me in my Twitter mentions a couple of days ago. They're like, you know what, if you were to bet, you know, if you were a betting man, you know, what, what, what are the odds that Malkin comes back? And, you know, I, I got to be honest. I don't know if I said it on this show, but I said, I think it's below 50% right now. Um, I, if I were to place a bet on FanDuel, bet MGM, you know, Caesars and, and all that stuff, um, I do not think um, he would be coming back. And obviously, you know, the Penguins, they would have to, you know, look for his replacement. Um, it's pretty crazy, you know, when you think, you know, just talking about replacements because, you know, Nick Kiprio spoke today on his podcast with Elliot Friedman and he was talking about Nazem Kadri, who is outside, I would say, of Evgeny Malkin. He is the top free agent center on the market. It's not close. He just had a 100-point season. He, you know, he, He's going to get a lot of money. And Kiprio said, the number I hear is that it starts at $8 million. It could go as high as $10 million. The teams I'm hearing out there, two teams that can really go after him are the Seattle Kraken and the Boston Bruins. If, if you're going to sit here and tell me that you would rather pay Nazem Kadri 8 to $10 million per year over Evgeny Malkin when he could come in at maybe 7 to 7.5 per year. Um, would love to know what you're smoking. Um, here's what Nazem Kadri has done over his last five seasons. 2017-18, he had 56 points per 82 games. Next year, 49 points per 82 games. Next year after that, 58 per 82. After that, 46 per 82. This year, 100. Where is the outlier? Oh, well, yeah, it's this year. The team that is going to sign this player is probably not going to get the level of production that we saw from him this year during any de- any year of that deal. I could be wrong, but I do not see him hitting 100 points for another team, whether it's on a middling team that's a fringe, you know, that could make the playoffs next year or a team that's rebuilding but wants to accelerate that process. I do not think he even hits close to 90 or 100 points again. Could he hit 70 to 80? Absolutely. I think he's a really good player in the NHL. But, you know, you're going to be paying top dollar, I think, for past performance. Um, it's – I just you – know, I'm glad that the Penguins will probably steer clear of him um, if Malkin does not come back. Um, and, and yeah, you know, that's not to say that I don't think Kadri is a really good player. I, I think he's awesome, but for that price tag, 
I would much rather have Evgeny Malkin for the next three years at seven to seven point five million than pay Kadri, you know, seven year term eight to ten million per. You know, that's just you're going to get in a bidding war at that point, and you're just going to be overpaying a player that you know should he should just not be getting that kind of money um, on the free agent market. Um, that, that, that's just how I see it too. And then I, I already touched on the Vincent Trocheck stuff. He's going to probably get six times six or maybe a little bit more. Um, that, that's crazy talk for me too, for someone who's never been a point per game player in his career, um, never been a point per game player in the playoffs. Either I'll say this again, if he was not from Pittsburgh, I really do not think anyone would know who he was. Um, so had to touch a little into that. Um, to finish up this first segment of the episode. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get into some more draft talk for the Penguins and look at some players who um, definitely could be there at 21. Um, and, you know, do, do they make sense for them? But before I get to that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's the fastest, easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your phone to learn more about the trends in action. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow this show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get into um, a little more of you know my, my draft, my, Jason and I's draft big board here. Again, I, I credit to him for basically doing almost all this. You know, he does this on his spare time. This is not his full time gig. Um, I can't thank him enough um, for really you know just getting a lot of this done and you know i was able to put my input a little bit in there um as well so let's get into um some of the players who i think could be lottery tickets for the penguins at um their pick and so obviously one of them who i am a lot higher on than jason is lane hudson um he is a threat with the puck at all times a couple of comps compare him to Latang and adam fox he's probably not going to arrive i would say for the next few years but you know the biggest thing is He's 5'8 and 150 pounds. You know, defensemen that size do not make the NHL as often anymore. He's trying to break the mold a little bit there, but he he, he has serious talent. You know, uh, you know, Jason and I, we, we think he's the smartest player in the draft. Um, his hockey sense is, you know, through the roof. He has great vision, great, a great first pass, really good stake handler. Um, you know, his tra- he's good in transition. Um, and Again, you know, as, as we say here in our review, you know, nobody his size has usually been an impact defenseman in the NHL. His skating could use a little bit of work, but his edge work is ridiculously good. Offensively, has a nice shot. Um, you know, he can really do it all for you. And I do think he will be there for the Penguins when they pick. It's all a matter of are Brian Burke and Ron Hextel willing to take the chance on him despite him not being know that big and for someone who you know could definitely be or who could definitely i guess definitely turn into a bit of a bust he is a left-hand shot so he's maybe not you know a pure chris Letang replacement down the road so you know he'll probably be but if, if if he pans out he'll be a top pairing um defenseman on the left side um but you know he i think he's still a good enough player where i think he's worth the risk to take here 
um, when the Penguins make their first round pick. Now, <clears throat> I've discussed Brad Lambert a little bit on this podcast. Um, so he is a center, um, six feet, 175 pounds, shoots right. Um, some of his comms, you know, Kasperi Kapan on the low end, not Barzell on the high end or potentially even higher. He is a player I think that a lot of people – I kind of, this is a weird comparison, but I kind of compare it to, you know, star, the Star Wars fandom where, you know, how do you rank The Last Jedi, which is the, the eighth movie in the franchise? You either kind of love it or you hate it. It's split down the middle. I think a lot of draft scouts and pundits here are split down the middle when it comes to Lambert. Jason, he's not on, as high on Lambert um, as some other people are. I'm kind of iffy on him, but, you know, his, he's a really good skater. I mean, you, know, you, you, you can't teach that. You know, just put on the highlight tape. He will beat basically anyone in a 1v1 going up the ice. You know, and if he has the puck, good luck getting it off of him because, you know, just with the way he flies into the offensive zone, you know, he's ridiculously explosive. He can just burn defensemen on, on a nightly basis. Um, you know, and the biggest thing about him being a lottery ticket is that a lot of the other parts of his game, they've not really developed since he came onto the scene a couple of years ago. Um, he's definitely been banged up. Changing teams um, has also, I think, been a factor. I think he's also playing on a couple of lines where, you know, he's had to do, I think, a lot of the heavy lifting offensively. He hasn't, you know, been able to play with, I guess, a lot of high-end talent, which I think has kind of um, affected his numbers a little bit. And, you know, obviously his production has definitely been a bit poor um, in league play. But that said, um, if, if he puts all of it together and he works on a couple of things, um, I think he could potentially be the steal of this draft. But if he doesn't and he is not able to work on some of those things, I, I you know, th- that that's where the bus label, uh, you know, comes in here. And, you know, I'm not saying Kasperi Kapanen is a bus for being a first round pick. I think he's had a, I mean, a fine NHL career, but you know, that that's the potential ceiling for someone like Lambert. And I think the Penguins, you know, they would need more than that um, in their future. If, if he were to be the selection, um, at least in my opinion, a couple other guys. So Jack Hughes, six foot center, 170 pounds shoots left. And no, it is not the Jack Hughes on the New Jersey Devils. Um, you know, in our opinion, he's probably one of the most skilled and creative players in the draft. Um, you know, he's a great 200 foot player with great vision, high end puck skills. You can improvise on the fly. Um, he's already played a year of college hockey. So he, you know, his potential arrival could be only a couple years down the line and not like, you know, 2025, 2026. Um, here's a fun fact. If you, for those that don't know, he is the son of uh, Montreal Canadiens general manager, Kent Hughes. So, Maybe he's drafted by him at some point, even though Montreal has the top overall pick in the draft. But, you know, obviously he's not going to go there. But, you know, maybe if he somehow makes it out of the first round, you know, maybe he's drafted by his father um, at that time. But, you know, I think the biggest knock on him um, is his skating. You know, he's not, you know, really that quick on the ice. But if he can really improve that, um, and add that to his already really good vision with his playmaking ability, his really strong shot. Um, you know, I, I think he's probably going to be one of the steals of this draft too. Um, and, you know, a couple of comps that, you know, we put in here, someone like Nick Suzuki, Vincent Trocek, two pretty good, you know, two, two pretty good players, I should say, especially someone like Suzuki, who I think is going to be a better player than Trocek will be um, during his career. So I could look, you know, the Penguins could look, 
to uh, draft Hughes. And then the last guy, uh, Noah Warren, a defenseman, right-hand shot. Um, a couple comps, you know, Nikita Zodorov, someone who took a little bit of time um, to come up um, and play, you know, at his top level. But then he also could be like someone like Ristolainen, who, you know, he's a physical, nasty defenseman, you know, again, big right-hand shot, decent mobility, but, you know, it's it's mainly his defensive game that's better, I think, than his offensive game. His first pass, definitely not there, um, at least for us. But, you know, this this kind of screams like a typical Ron Hextall, Brian Burke pick, someone who, again, it, we, who we think is a nasty defenseman. Brian Burke loves his truculence. You know, the Penguins, they don't really have too many of those kind of players on this team. <laughs> So um, would not be surprised at all um, to see him be the pick there. But again, you know, if, if he pans out, you know, you have a decent defensive defenseman and someone who could also, um, you know, potentially be good offensively as well. You know, again, if he improves that first pass, gets better in the transition game, um, if he, you know, also works on, you know, his puck skills in the offensive zone, um, I think he could be a boom guy very quickly. So those are the four guys that we have as true lottery players. And I think all four players will definitely be there um, for the Penguins. I'm going to have more on our draft board a little later on this week. I, I might even do something each day leading up to the first round before I have a full preview of, you know, who I think the Penguins will take um, during th- the, th- the first round on Thursday. So that wraps up this second segment with our lottery guys and who, you know, it, it wouldn't. I don't think they would be bad picks per se for the Penguins, but I think some people need to be careful about you know saying, "Oh my God, these are going to be such great picks," because th- there's definitely I think some bust potential with some of these guys. So um, that wraps up this segment. Still have a little more to get to for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Um, so look around for that coming up here in this next segment. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, follow this show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. So let's, I, I threw this idea out there today. So Friedman was on the Real Kuiper and Born podcast talking about Claude Giroux to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He says, if Drew hits the market, I wouldn't be surprised if Toronto called him and just said, well, what'd it take? He's definitely building a home in Ottawa. He's made it very clear at the deadline that he prefers to stay in the Eastern Conference. So before anyone attacks me here, what would you all think And if Evgeny Malkin, if he did walk, which again, I don't want that to happen, but say he did walk and Claude Giroux is a free agent, would you be willing to throw money at him to come be the second line center behind Sidney Crosby and for him to officially give the baton back to Sidney Crosby in person? Um, I understand, you know, people were going to come to me and say, well, Hunter, you know, he hasn't played center in a while. And, you know, that's right. The last few seasons, he has been mainly a winger. The Flyers, you know, he he was their top line center for many years. They switched in the wing and then, you know, he had um, a couple of great seasons. And I believe his first season as a winger, um, he hit 100 points and led the Flyers to the playoffs. You know, this is, this is still a, a very um, good player if I'm going to bring up his numbers um, from this year when he was in. Philadelphia and um, Florida total 21 goals, 65 points in 75 games. When he went to Florida, he had 23 points in just 18 games. So he can, he's still proven that he can basically play at a point per game level. It's all a matter of, you know, what kind of cap hit is he going to get? You know, is he going to be someone that, you know, gets 
eight to nine million per year. In my opinion, I think you can probably get him below eight. Um, I don't know if you can get him below six. I think that's probably a little too wishful thinking. It's probably going to be between six and eight. Um, I, I should say, and you know, I think the other big question is, you know, would Giroux be, you know, would he want to be a Pittsburgh Penguin after being a Philadelphia Flyer for over a decade? I mean, again, you know, Mar- you know, Mark Andre Fleury, he didn't want to go to the Washington Capitals after being a Pittsburgh Penguin himself for well over a decade. You know, do do players, you know, still respect that rivalry? You know, would he, you know, care that much to not? go to Pittsburgh. But I will say this, you know, I, I would much rather go after someone like Drew and potentially move him to center and sign him to maybe like a five times six, six times six deal than I would going after Vincent Trocek. You know, I, Drew is a much better player than Trocek, especially in the offensive zone defensively. Maybe it's not as good, but, you know, I, you know, he can still hold his own in the defensive zone. And, you know, I also think you know, Giroux can do great work for your power play. You know, I know Malkin is, he's so good on the power play. You know, no matter what, if he does walk, the power play is going to dip a little bit, at least a little bit next year. But, you know, it all depends on who they bring in to replace him. You know, can that player, you know, take his power play minutes and play well in them? And I think Giroux can do enough in those minutes won't fully replace Malkin on the power play, but with his vision and with his shot, I really do think he would be, you know, an asset on that advance. You can put him in Gino's spot, either on you know the point or you can put him I'm at the left wing circle. And you know, he 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 can basically do his thing um there. So um let me know what you all think about that. Would you be down to have Claude Giroux be a Pittsburgh Penguin. Let me know in the YouTube comments. Let me know. You can shoot me a DM on Twitter um, and, and all that jazz, or just you know, leave a comment anywhere for this episode. I, I think it will be a lot of fun, chaos, especially. It would piss a lot of the Philadelphia Flyers fans off. I'm always here for something like that. It's silly season for a reason. Free agency's nine days away. You know, I, I, I'm here for at least the next few weeks because you know it, it's going to be really crazy until the show goes down. Uh, to three shows a week. So that'll do it though for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I know that segment was a little bit shorter, but wanted to get that idea in there and, you know, give my thoughts on it and then you know ask you all what you guys would think about that. But I hope you all have a splendid 4th of July holiday. Eat some ribs for me, some mac and cheese, whatever you all do, drink some beers if you're over 21. Um, and, you know, I'll be back here with another episode on Tuesday. We're getting closer to the draft. For agencies next week, um, I, I will have all the latest Penguins news for you all right here on the Locked on Penguins podcast. So I appreciate all of you listening, and I'll talk with you all on Tuesday.